Upon first look, a cetacean may seem perfectly alien to a human being, but take a step closer and you may see soulful eyes, intelligent behavior, and playful attitudes. An even closer inspection will uncover the fact that these organic torpedoes are extremely sophisticated in their social bonds, in a way that even human beings can relate to. Though they have a reputation as killers, orcas are family-oriented. For the world's largest dolphin, sticking together can help them succeed in a vast ocean. But society isn't just a tool for humans to use. In life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, look up Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And today we're talking about a seriously amazing cetacean sensation. But more on that later. You remember when we the last time we did a... No, that wasn't the last time, but when we did the humpback whale, it was the, I called it the uh, the amazing singing cetacean. That's true. It do do that. So do these it, guys. Yeah. It's just not as it's not as loud, I guess. <laughs> humpback whale is really loud. But we're talking we're not talking about the humpback whale. We're talking about the killer whale, which goes on the list, long and ever expanding list of animals that are uh, misnamed. Actually, so well, it is a killer. It, it is a killer. It is not, but it's not a whale. Oh, very true. Yes. Yes. But it is is definitely a killer, being a carnivore. But it is uh, it is not a whale. It is uh, a porpoise, which we'll find out. It's a dolphin. It's the biggest dolphin. It's the most dolphin. So based on old writings about orcas, uh, they they were known by shipsmen and sailors to be the enemy of all whale kind so they were thought to be killers of whales okay i'll give them that think that it might have started as killer of whales that's what its name was and then it just shortened to killer whale yeah you know if i could call any whale a killer whale i'd call that i would give that to the sperm whale which is i mean an infinitely better name upgrade this, this, I mean, the sperm whale is like one of the most fearsome animals in the ocean, and yet we call it that and not the killer whale. It's like <laughs> the, I can't believe we missed that. And instead, we gave killer whale to a big dolphin. Although, in terms of if it was just killer dolphin, it would be better because orcas are deadly predators. I would just call it an orca. That's that works for That's me. That's what I call them. It's a two syllables. Sounds great. Easy to remember. Yeah. So. That's one nickname, is the orca. Also, blackfish is another nickname. Which based on the movie? Or based on before a, the movie? No, it was called that before. It's the, the, the documentary is called Blackfish because of that moniker. But it's not a fish. It is black, but it's not a fish. Another one is... Another, another one I saw was Grampus. <laughs> I don't know why. It didn't say why. Some people call it Grampus. It's, I would give that name to an elephant seal, but not to this this uh, <laughs> th- this sleek killer of the deep. Um, but we're going to call it here, the Tuxedo Torpedo. Nice. Excellent. Right, and the second one is the Murderous Splash Panda. <laughs> Big surprise. The animal that I like most in the ocean might just be a mammal. So, and yeah, you gravitated toward the, the 
the mammal side of things. It's pretty great. This is a pretty great animal in all respects. It's just cool, and it's also it looks kind of lovable, uh, and it's intelligent. And we're gonna go into all kinds of things. Also, it looks like a it's it looks like a panda. It looks like a panda. It looks oh. very cool. I could it they they have like ghostly mythology about them because I I assume if you just get a glimpse of this black black fish with like this big white spot that looks like an eye it does look very strange if you were uh what is it a taoist that's the i think that's the religion that really hangs on the the balance between light and dark good and bad tao push and pull yeah the the whole yin and yang thing the tao jones uh they The (laughs) the the tao is like the essence of a thing the truest nature of a thing Okay, but do they is is that is that the um maybe it is philosophy that subscribes to the whole like there are there are basically like dualism there are two two forces in in the world that are that are not necessarily good and evil but they're always there's push and pull um and they're always they're they're necessary for balance. It's like a philosophy of like there's a true the highest truth of something then there's less like f- not quite as true anyway there, anyway <laughs> i got i know what tao like what the what the tao is not from any taoist literature is the issue i know it from men without chests written by c.s lewis where he talks a lot about the tao all right so yeah it's it, it i can see that yeah if you saw it and you were um you might think it's some sort of spirit uh just because of the way that it looks but let's taxonomize this first Yin and, yin and yang is aesthetically very orca. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and panda. So the kingdom is, you uh, you know it, you love it, you're in it. It's kingdom animalia. Phylum is chordata. It's got a spine. It's actually, if you saw a skeleton of it, it would be almost entirely spine. Um, the class is mammalia. It's a mammal. We're No surprise here. This is one of Joe's animals. The order is artiodactyla, which means it's an even-toed ungulate. <laughs> Of course. And it's related to deer somehow. Interesting. All right. So the family is Delphinidae because it's a dolphin. The genus is Orsinus and the species is Orca. So it's Orsinus Orca is, nice. the, is, the, this is the nomenclature. Easy to say. I like this one. Um, and very straightforward. So since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Critter groups. Ah, you didn't think I was going to do it. Um, this is the part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question. And the question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal, or the term of venery for the animal, or the collective noun? So I'm a I'm a little worried about this one because I did a lot on their social structure for the major <laughs> fact, and that means terms of venery. So we'll find out if I don't know this. Yeah. Maybe it's um, a deep cut. Well, yeah, we'll see if you are already know the answer. So if you saw a group of uh, killer whales, a.k.a. murderous splash pandas, uh, would you say that that's A, a pack? Yes, we're doing this. We're doing this. Would you say A, a pack of killer whales? B, a squad of killer whales? C, a pod of killer whales? Or D, a yin-yang gang of killer whales? <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, uh, it's definitely Yin Yang Gang, but I'll final humor answer. the other options. Not final answer. So it depends on the size of the group. It could be a community. It could be a a matriline. But I think what we're going for is pod. Final answer. Ding ding ding! How did I know you get that right? <laughs> it, it gets a little bit tough when there aren't really a lot of terms of entry for uh, different ones. Yeah, whales and dolphins are they're all if, in pods. If I wasn't doing this particular major fact, you could have gone like, actually a huge. There, there's also clans, like a a collection of pods is a clan, and a collection of clans is a community. So it's like I you could have gone with, with one of the deep cuts if you had thought of it and I, I wasn't doing this. If this was your animal, this, that's... Yeah, I probably would have been able to do something. But instead I was like, what is the term of venery for? What is the collective noun? And it was like... Famously, pod. it's pods for all cetaceans. So, yeah, it's a pod of, of killer whales. So let's talk about where these guys live. Like Johnny Cash... They've gone everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're actually the most. Yeah, they're they are literally everywhere. It's like plankton. Yeah, it's everywhere. They because there's and I'll go into the fact that there's different types, but they do travel a lot, um, and they can range all the way from the shallow, warm waters of the caribbean to the freezing antarctic and in fact you'll probably find more in the antarctic than the caribbean um and you're more likely to spot them in colder waters in fact the only time i've ever seen them in the wild or at all because i've never been to sea world um is in uh seattle in the in that in the bay mm. so um it's yeah definitely cold waters so Let's talk about what they look like in case this is some sort of uh, revelation. But we have described giraffes and elephants, so let's go with it. But before you move on, they are the most widespread mammals after humans. Really? Because they're not limited to land? Yeah, so they're all over the ocean. Yeah. I'm sure that if it were reversed and and 30% of of the Earth's surface were covered in ocean and the rest were land, then we would be... They're, they're, that might be different, but well, we're they're still second to humans because there's more of us. Well, they're also very they're very related. They they really like coastlines. There are types that are open ocean. Yeah, I'll get into that. Yeah, for sure. Which I did not know about these types, but let's go into the description. All right, so like we said, they're not whales; they're porpoises, big giant dolphins, and they have torpedo shaped bodies with black backs and white bellies. Though all they do find all white ones occasionally. They're not albinos. They are just, they just have a genetic mutation that makes them all white, kind of like kind a of white like, tiger or, or a, a black panther. Or a black panther. Yeah, it's not, it's not, they're, they're, they're at a disadvantage, but not, their health isn't affected by being. Um, they should just go up to Beluga land. Yeah, just hang out with Beluga land. That sounds fun. <laughs> I would love to go to Beluga land. So they have tall triangular, do- not belugas, uh, killer whales have tall triangular dorsal fins that stick straight up into the air like a shark's fin. And they have relatively short pectoral fins compared the, to like they, most they whales. Like five, uh, five feet tall. Yeah, they're, they're huge. Like you could stand up and just kind of lean against it if you were standing on their back. Um, but most whales have like really long pectoral fins. Uh, and the 
but you know the, these aren't the, whales. The orcas are like wide and yeah, like big paddles, broad, broad. Yeah. Um, they're they also have the, a distinctive white patch above and behind the eye, which as a kid I always thought it was on the eye, like yeah. that's their eye, but they actually it's um it's not it's not on the same exact uh spot i imagine so that enemies don't know where their eyes are it's kind of like um the way a butterfly will have eyes on its wings to uh make it seem like it's they they have a big face and right. dangerous so i imagine if i imagine the eye is a very sensitive part of the killer whale's body so by tricking things into uh thinking that by tricking the location of the eye i bet you that that helps um total total conjecture here because i i didn't see it might, al- on it might also have to do with sunlight you know i don't know like, kind of like like, like a, baseball players but yeah stuff on i don't know i'm less inclined for, to, for that because you would think it would you think it'd be the opposite yeah yeah so true. that the I, the the sunlight could be absorbed by the by the dark spot near the eye instead of reflected um so killer whales mouths are lined with rows of sharp teeth that fit together like an enamel coated death puzzle when closed so where other animals like sharks and stuff it's kind of just like <laughs> madness <laughs> it's a madness trying to close their 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 mouths um, and for us, like our 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 uh, front, we usually have a slight. Most humans have a slight overbite. Um, some people have an underbite, but most uh, most of the time, when you close your mouth, your front teeth, your your top teeth will be over in front of your back teeth. Um, and but not with a killer whale, they're all fit perfectly together. Um, which is a. a, a it's a deadly, a deadly tool, and like all cetaceans, um, killer whales have a blowhole in the tops of their heads so that they can breathe without having to stick their whole heads out of the water. They can just kind of stick their back out and and uh, and breathe. And there are actually three different categories of killer whales. I didn't know that. I thought it was all just like one species. I mean, it is all the same species, but like I thought they were all just the same. They just traveled around. Um, but there are three different types the first is resident killer Mm -hmm. whales these visit the same places every year they do travel but they have a very predictable um uh path they're the ones that are usually closest to shore and the ones that people spot the most so when i saw killer whales in seattle i most likely saw residents and they're the ones that people name and they they're um they're they're the ones that we just interact with the most and they mostly just eat fish that's it, their diet also um, changes that because they're so close to shore. Um, I imagine that's probably part of it. Other like larger mammals and stuff aren't as close to shore. On the other hand, transients, like a transient killer whale, which is the second category, these are like the the bad mammajamas. These are the ones that eat mostly marine mammals. They eat. Um, we'll go over what they eat in a bit, but. Um, mostly like whale uh calves and sometimes full grown whales they eat like um blue seals. whales what they can take down blue whales they together 
what I yeah what I was seeing was that that was really not common. There's two um, videos of it. <laughs> There's we've captured video of it twice. Well, like they're more likely to go after humpbacks or right whales or mm-hmm. um, things like that. Um, they also won't go after. Uh, basically, what I what I saw was that a full grown adult blue whale and a male um, sperm whale are the two that they will pretty consistently steer clear of. Um, just because a sperm whale will wreck their world and uh, um, a blue whale might just be too big. I'm imagining a, the size of a blue whale, it bumping you could hurt you bad. Yeah, I mean, blue whales are like 100 feet long, but we're... Um, the rise we're going to go into later, the uh, killer whale is nothing to nothing to turn your nose up at either. But I'm sure the blue whale turns its nose up at it. <laughs> um, so yeah, those the transients are the are the the those apex pack hunters uh, of the. They're ocean. they're also shoreline predators. They they stick to the shorelines, but they move like along shorelines like widely. Like the the like if you're they're on the coast the west coast of North America, they'll be like up to up to Alaska down to, you know, Mexico kind of thing. I imagine like wherever the wherever they can get seals and whales yeah. and stuff like that is where they'll go. Um Well that brings me to the last one, the last category is offshore. And they're categorized by being offshore and these guys congregate in the largest groups sometimes up to 200 where transients and residents will usually um get together in smaller groups to hunt and you um and offshore guys usually eat fish um but they'll also eat mammals and and sharks like like nothing nothing really gets the jump on these killer whales except for like basically other killer whales and humans yeah, you think like, oh man, a great white shark, that'd be really dangerous for an orca. But it's like, if you look at their size difference, even a like a big great white is much smaller than an adult orca. And, and great whites are usually by themselves. Yeah. An orca is, there's five of them. And they're bigger than the biggest great white shark. Um, and they're, they're I mean, I, I don't know. They might be faster and more agile, but they definitely have more heft. And just by like ramming into things, they do a lot of damage. <clears throat> Within those three categories, there are four different types of orcas based on their appearance. Um, type A is uh, very uh, focused on organization and um, and always likes to get things done. Is usually kind of stressed out, but definitely <laughs> a leader. Um, that's the one that we look at. I think we're most familiar with. Yeah, that's a standard killer whale. Um, the, so basically, the other types are deviations from type A. Um, type B is has medium gray skin instead of black skin, and the white areas are like tinged yellow. So gray and slightly yellow. That that's your um, that's uh, type B. Type C is smaller. And also has grayish skin, and its eye patch is kind of like a like an angry eyebrow. It's thin and slanted forward, rather than this big oval patch um, 
that's just sitting behind the eye like other killer whales. Um, and then type D, it, it looks like a killer whale and a beluga had a chubby, disinterested baby with a half-moon dorsal fin. It's it's got it's got that kind of like bulbous head of the beluga, but it has all of the markings of a killer whale. Um, and then its dorsal fin, rather than being this isosceles triangle, is more curved, kind of like a shark's. But we talked about the size difference between a killer whale and a uh, a blue whale. Blue whale being the largest animal ever. <laughs> like I I didn't realize this. Like. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the largest animal on Earth, but it's bigger than we've estimate the dinosaurs to have been, like even the big ones. So um, that's uh, pretty impressive. Maybe we'll do an episode on the blue whale. Okay, well, let's talk about size. Welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions and relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing or chittering the words Measure Up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a Measure Up intro this week. That means we get to hear from an animal, and Carlos has to guess what it is. Bring it on. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. (laughs) (laughs) I I assume I'm guessing the screeching, the screeching banshee. Is it A, a red fox, B, a red squirrel, C, a red panda, or D, a red-capped cardinal. Huh. Well, I'm going to rule out red squirrel. <laughs> red I squirrels think. can make pretty crazy squawking sounds. I don't think that. That that would be really surprising if that was the answer. Um, it would also be surprising if it was a fox. So panda, red panda, and red cardinal. Well, you actually gave me some clues with the dog. Somebody's just walking their dog. I've heard, I've like, I've seen cardinals. They live here, and I've never heard that before. Well, this is not your typical cardinal. It's a red-capped cardinal. It looks like a, it's like a grayish black on the bottom, and then it has, a, like, a red, looks almost like a red hat. All right, I'm going to go with the cardinal final answer. Final answer. That is incorrect. What? That's a red fox. That's what the fox says? It, that's what the fox says. It sounds like a... <laughs> It sounds like an ostrich made that sound. He screamed. So, let's talk length. Males are larger than females and can be 6 to 8 meters, or, or 20 to 26 feet long. Females can be up to 7 meters, or 23 feet. Let's go with 26 feet. How many orcas go into Alaska's tallest mountain? Do you know what that is? Is it... McKinley? Is that Mount McKinley? Is that it? Formerly one? called Mount McKinley, currently called Denali. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the tallest mountain in Alaska is also the tallest mountain in North America, Denali, formerly yeah. Mount McKinley. Uh, in 2011, it was officially 10 feet shorter than its original elevation, not because it's getting smaller, but because of faulty measurements in the 1950s. That was your hint, by the way. That it's 10 feet shorter. So I'll take whatever guess I have and knock 10 feet off of it and we'll be good. The thing is, the only mountain's height that I have a ballpark estimate of is Everest, which is about 36,000 feet, if I remember. 
Um, and that's it. <laughs> so, uh, and that's the tallest one. So then I just kind of go based on that. Well, that's a good reference point. I'll say 22,000 feet. Okay. So the answer, my answer, 850 killer whales stacked end to end, tail to nose, would go from the base of Mount McKinley to the top. The correct answer is 781 orcas. I was close. Pretty close. The mountain is 20,000 feet, 20,310. Oh, yeah. I was only 2,000 feet off, which is a lot for the killer whale. (laughs) Okay, let's talk weight. Uh, Males can reach 5.6 tons with an extra N and an ES, or 6.6 tons, also known as short tons which is the U.S. ton. So let's go with that, 6.6 tons. How many of the smallest dolphin species go into the weight of an orca? The smallest dolphin into the biggest dolphin. Here's a hint. Hmm. The smallest dolphin is the Hector's dolphin, and they're native to South South Island in New Zealand. I imagine uh, the smallest dolphin ever weighs 50 pounds. Yes, we're going to go with 50 pounds. Like a medium-sized child. All right, so 13,200 divided by 50 equals 264. That's my answer. 264. Dolphins. Yes. So I have Hector's dolphins. The correct answer is 100. Exactly 100 Hector's dolphins. Okay, wow. They're bigger than I thought. 50 pounds is a small dolphin. They weigh up to... We're going... I may maybe the like a small female would be like that, but they weigh up to 132 pounds. So there's a world where you were correct. <laughs> there's there is a Marvel Cinematic Universe where I was correct. I always go with the upper end of average when I'm doing animal size because they can range so much. Yeah, and it, plus it's more interesting to talk about the extremes. Yeah, it would have been the most interesting if I had done the biggest orca with the smallest hectares, but. Did not do that. Seemed not fair. Uh, <laughs> not fair for the Hector. Uh, let's talk. Uh, I'm done. I'm ready. Uh, are you? Do you have any fast facts before we get into the major fact? Okay. Yes. Okay. So we talked about their diet. They basically eat anything that isn't a plant. They're apex predators and hunt in packs. Take down everything that they see. Basically, anything that can come into their their mighty jaws, from fish and cephalopods to entire whales, um, and including like we said um a fully grown humpback and right whales and apparently the occasional fully grown blue whale but they'll usually steer steer clear um they live up to 80 years but females can only breed until they're 40 so that makes them some of the few animals in the world that go through menopause can you name any other ones besides me well i don't but my species does (laughs) uh no can you yeah, they're all other. They're, all the rest are cetaceans. Okay, isn't that crazy? Humans and then cetaceans <laughs> go through menopause. Yeah, it's weird. All, all other um, uh, animals are they don't live past their um, their ability to breed. So, uh, wh- however long that is, that could be a hundred years, like a like a tortoise, or that can be ten minutes for a fly. So. 
but it is interesting that only they they're only fertile for half their year half of their lifespans and then they can spend the rest of it going through menopause uh also up to 50 percent of all newborn calves die before they reach seven months old um a lot this is sometimes because adult males will kill calves of females so that they can mate with the females since um a female won't mate while they have a calf that they're taking care of um this is not uncommon for predatory carnivores to um especially like we were talking about with lions they'll go in and just kill all the cubs so that they can mate with all the females uh it's it's horrific but it's uh it's, it's life, death, and taxonomy, you know? <laughs> but uh, that's all I got. Here's the major fact. I'm calling it the social sea king. We're talking about king of the ocean. I'm saying it's the orca, you know? Because they're widespread and they're deadly predators. I'd say too. So, so orcas are extremely intelligent, even for cetaceans. Uh, and they exhibit many qualities that might be familiar to us as humans. First of all... Uh, they have a complex social structure that helps them better coordinate the group when taking on tasks like hunting, uh, whether it be like a school of fish or a huge whale. Besides humans, uh, they're the only animal with similar or the only other animals with similar similarly complex social structures are certain primates and elephants. Hmm. So, if you want to be an orca, you already mentioned there are different classes. If you want to be an orca. But what I'm about to talk about with social stuff, it's like, it's most likely associated with residents. Uh, like you mentioned, the residents are the ones we know the most about because we know where the where to find them because they frequent the same spots. Uh, but, so it seems that's, that's the one that we know the most about. Uh each of those types are genetically different and they will avoid each other even if they live in the same area. So residents and transients don't hang out. I, I, I wonder where the line between um, like subspecies and types and breeds and categories and uh, races come into play where like where that, that line is crossed into like entirely different species. If they don't, don't interbreed, know. I'd say that they're that they're different species, but I'm not. But they a... might not interbreed by choice, but they could if they wanted to. So orca groups, contrary to what we used to think, are matril- ma- matriarchal. So we used to think that, oh, the big big boys, they're the leaders of the groups because males are bigger. But in reality, females are leaders of the group, and that could be the fact that they have almost double the lifespan of males. Uh, males uh, live 25 years while females can live up to 50 and certain individuals can live up to like 90 years and certain like males can live to like 60, but 25 to 50 is the normal range. And that's like, it's a big difference. Uh, family groups are based on female lineage or matrilines and are dominated by the oldest female in the group she may preside over four generations during her lifetime. On average, an orca matriline will consist of five to six other whales, or not whales, orcas, uh, that live with her for their entire life. So, like, other animals will live with their mother for a certain number of years and then go off on their own. We talked about, we talked about um, the Ethiopian wolf 
which will like go off to find their own pack if there's not enough there aren't enough people to mate with people dogs to mate with uh but uh orcas are not like that they pretty much stick with their mothers their entire life so this i mean this sounds a lot like elephants yeah so then pods might include up to four matrilines so that's what a pod is so matrilines are five individuals and then pods are four as many as two to four matrilines and then pods tend to have loose blood relations. So it's like your extended family is your pod. And then matrilines are close-knit, and it's rare for members to leave the group, even if they need to hunt or mate, right? So, like, if there aren't, there's no one to mate with, they will leave and then for a few hours and come back. So, like, even if they won't join another pod, they won't join another matriline, they always come back. Okay, yeah. Several pods in a region will make up a clan. So that's the next size in Orca group. Do they clash? Um, which different clans, uh, they might clash, but that's another group name. So a clan is a collection of intermingling pods that share a dialect. Orcas have quote-unquote language, not exactly language. Dolphin language. Dolphin language. You know, and they, they we've like observed them speaking to each other differently based on their clan two different clans come together they might not even they might have difficulty understanding each other and then if you're not even like two two from different parts of the world might not understand each other at all like just like you meeting someone from china you know like, like humans yeah so a collection of clans is a community males were once once thought to lead the hunt but it seems like they actually take up flanking positions which which is helpful because their large size is useful in in like boxing in prey so mm-hmm. together groups of orcas can take down something as big as a blue whale through extensive coordination so like they'll box them in like two two males will flank them on each side more orcas will be underneath so they can't dive and then the females will be up towards the front the the front driving the the big whale to exhaustion and then they'll attack there are two recorded orca attacks on blue whales in the videos females lead the attacks um when the whales are exhausted they allow younger orcas to come in so like they that they kind of orchestrate these hunts orchestrate i like it they orchestrate these hunts based on you know like exhaustion level so that they'll when the when when they're on the ropes they'll bring in the the noobs the here's, the little guys here's to come my in question. and get some experience cuz i've watched a couple docu- like nature documentaries considering like with whales and stuff like that and about these guys if if you are running someone into exhaustion aren't you exhausted too they're predators, so they they might be just be better at, you know, sticking it out. And just like wolves, uh, a wolf hunt will be a, a one group will dog the prey, no pun intended. Like they will be right behind the prey while the other ones kind of take a break in the back and like jog, and then they'll switch. So when you're hunting in groups, you can exa- you can see it like. 
in all pack hunting, lions, hyenas, wolves, the the pack looks fresh and the 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 single prey looks exhausted. And that's because with different individuals, they can take breaks while continuing to pursue. Yeah, I guess if if it's in if it's in a straight line, I don't see how it works, but if you're able to like get them to kind of go in circles or make turns that yeah it's different but uh it just what in the documentaries it seemed like when they were when uh the killer whales were dogging a a humpback whale and her calf it was like all right like everyone's tired now right (laughs) well it might also just be they're biting and raking so yeah that that probably has the blood loss and things like that so because of their intelligence and their close-knit bonds it has been become more and more controversial to have orcas in captivity. Uh, and the, the documentary Blackfish kind of sheds some light on that and how it's kind of amazing that an animal that's so, so finely tuned to predator does not attack humans in natural settings. Yeah, though I was reading that not a single human uh, attack on humans. No, not a single fatal attack on humans in the wild. There are like a handful attacks uh, of attacks on humans that are non-fatal. And they think that's because once the orca realizes you're not their normal prey species, then they stop attacking. So they it's all mistaken identity, they think. Well, like uh, like shark attacks are usually mistaken identity. But sharks are just like, oh, it's still food sometimes. (laughs) It's just a, it's like the it's the law of the jungle according to the jungle book. It's like they can't look man in the eye. It's forbidden to attack them. Well, yeah, and also some of their feeding habits include purposefully beaching themselves. Like they'll they'll swim up onto land to grab things to like, like lure animals that think they're that think they're screwed, they're done. They're dead because they are beached, but then they come close and to get a bite in and then they like nope wriggle their way back into the the water but so like because there have been multiple deaths in captivity of on uh, attacks on fatal attacks on humans uh they think that like because they're so smart and they're so socially bonded with each other that they develop psychological issues in captivity that uh make them snap you know and so, like in the case of Tilikum, who was the like the f- the featured orca in the movie Blackfish, he w- he's killed three people, and uh, he was separated. He he's nowadays all most of the whales that are in SeaWorld and uh, other sea parks are bred in captivity, but he was one one of the older ones that I, that was taken from his mother. So in a natural environment, he would be with his mother for his entire life because he's, you know, he'll live to be 25 years old. His mother will live longer than that. Um, So he'll be with his mom his whole life. So you take that away and then it's just like he's going to develop problems, especially since he was actually bullied by two female orcas. So SeaWorld has since stopped breeding and doing shows. You can still go and see them. The orcas, like in tanks and things, but they they're really slowing down the the whole orca thing with uh, in SeaWorld. But there are other parks that still do shows and things. 
But I think nobody gets in the water with orcas anymore. That's probably smart. All right, got anything else? That's all I got. All right, so that was the orca, killer whale, the splash panda. So for you out there in podcastia, put on your tux, have some class, and then live a very porpoise-driven life, like the orca here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey, LDT listeners. Thanks for listening to the end of the episode. For your loyalty, you get a shameless self-promotion from us. If you haven't already, leaving a review on your favorite podcast app can really help us grow. But telling your podcast-loving friends about us is even better. Also, don't forget to send in your measure-up intros and animal suggestions to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. As always, thanks, most of all, for listening. favorite in the world podcast <laughs> that was the orca one of our animal superstars i feel like we should start that where like we do a lot of obscure animals that no one ever what no one's ever heard of and then we do like the the elephant or something like that so yeah we should do that superstars. and then it would ex- then people would expect the really long episodes yeah, then we <laughs> then we don't have to cut it so much out of this one. But the last episode was like 22 minutes long. The damselfly, so, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you get a little extra episode this week. Okay, good, good.